on, put your hands together. Come on, everybody, put your hands together. We have a waiting list for this service. Let's put our hands together if you are in this place. Now turn to your neighbor and say, you better start smiling. We're back at church. Pull your mask off and just let us start smiling. It's good to be back together. We're here to worship together. This is exciting. I love it. And, and we have every reason to, to rejoice. You know, you're part of an incredible church because we serve an incredible God. It's not because our, the paint on the building is special or our balloons are so cool or our, our T-shirts are cooler than everybody else's, even though that's true. I, I, it's because we serve an incredible God. That's why we are an incredible church. We were, before COVID hit, we were growing 100 people every week. When we, when, when we went to COVID and quarantine and all, highest stream church in northern Arizona. And, and co in comparison to most, even valley churches. It was awesome. And, and that's wonderful. And our prisons are back online streaming Bridge Church now. That's awesome. So thankful. Just incredible. And I, I got a, uh, an email before we're seated because I just feel like this is just, I'm just having fun. I already, we already preached one service. This is just my fun service. So, no, but like uh, I, I got an email from one of the uh, directors who facilitates all of the programs for every prison in the state of Arizona and said, hey, can you help me get a closed channel that I can stream into every prison in the state of Arizona? That's incredible. See, and I've got our police chief here saying, will you come back and do more training for our police? See, we're praying for change. I'm I feel like I'm looking at people who were praying, God, we need an answer. And, and, and I'm here to tell you, God is bringing the answer. I'm not just ministering to those in handcuffs, but those who have handcuffs. I, I, we're, we're on both sides of this fence because I'm not picking sides. Oh, man, I'm, I'm ready to preach, but let's, let's just pray. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, for just a great day. And as this air even blows through the doors and the windows, let a fresh breeze of the Holy Spirit fill us, strengthen us, encourage us. Somebody just lift up your hands and say, fill me, Holy Spirit. Just fill me, encourage me, strengthen me. Some of you may even just need to whisper, heal me. Heal my mind, Lord. Heal my heart. God, I've been so hurt. I feel like I've been broken. God, will you put me back together today? Can, you, can I be the clay in the potter's hands that you call us to be? Can I surrender to your workmanship and say, Lord, put me back together? Lord, we thank you for today, and I pray that you'd minister to us, minister to our hearts and our minds, and I pray that you would anoint me for the preaching of your word and exhorting of the name of Jesus, which is above all names. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would help me flow, Lord, and I would accomplish the will that you have for me and fulfill the assignment that you have me on. We thank you for this moment with you. That will translate into a movement that changes our world. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen.
Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to read one scripture to you. Turn your Bibles uh, to Acts chapter 15 and verse 36. 15 and verse 36. Uh, I see a couple rows that we don't have seats. I'm going to have to talk to the people who RSVP'd and did not show. No, I'm just kidding. Just teasing. Uh, no, we're, we're, spa- we're trying to space families, people, individual out, be as best we can. We have these little stickers, you know, that say fist bump or high five. We got T-shirts for you today for free for everybody. And uh, we just want to thank you because we're trying to get back, but we're also trying to be cautious. Now, let me just tell you, I don't operate in fear. So don't hear, don't, don't take what I say and go misquote it. But I, I, we operate in faith because uh, that's what we're called to, but we also operate in prudence and wisdom. So the, the only reason that there's a spike in cases is because there's been a lot of blitz testing. We all know that. That's common sense. Well, the only number that I'm concerned about are hospital beds. We went from 40% to 80%. And so I know that the Lord can heal every single one of those people in hospital beds, raise them up, bring them back, and they'll be totally healed. I know he can. But we're going to be cautious, and we're going to use wisdom, and we're not doing hugs. And, and my wife and I, we're back on track to, for having a baby. We're working on our in vitro. So uh, we won't be hugging. Uh, I love you, but I'm not hugging you because I'm going to protect that baby. And uh, so we're on track. Uh, we're not pregnant yet, so I just don't want to mis- say that. But uh, we are back on track to uh, uh, trying to get pr- ready and prepared to have a baby. And so we're excited for a new season. It's crazy, you know, how some of the simple things and practical things of life will bring you back to the reality of life. While the world tries to take you into whole different dimensions and directions, it's amazing how somebody says, is dinner ready? And then it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. We're, I don't need to fight the, fix the world. I, I just need to go ahead. I need to fix dinner today. And I need to, it's amazing how just the little, the laundry, the little things will get you back to center and say, hey, let's just remember, you know, it's, it's like we preach in church. Don't be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Don't have your head up in the cloud. Well, also don't be so lofty in your thinking that you're just trying to fix ideals of the world, that you don't fix the practical pieces of the world. Because we know that Jesus was very practical. He did a lot of practical things. In fact, he perfected the practical. He, he just simply touched people and healed people. He, he turned water into wine. He did simple things. He said, keep the party going, people. Practical things. Like he, he was very practical. And I think sometimes we get so lofty in, in, in thinking that we're going to fix everything, that we lose the practicality of who we are and what we were created to do. And so I encourage you just, hey, let's get centered today. Touch your neighbor if you can, if you're allowed to, and say, let's get centered today. So Acts chapter 15, you ought to be taking notes like Omar started us off with, getting us hyped and ready. Uh, make sure that you take good notes and you're we're amening. So don't don't make me come walking the aisles looking for an amen, begging and pleading somebody. So we're all back into this today. So we're a, lo- a vocal church, an expressive church, and it's okay to be that. I, I want to get back. Everybody's smiling. Where's my faces? Nobody give me that weird look like, what are we doing here today? We're all excited, okay? So let's get in this word. Let's get ready. Uh, it says in verse 36, it says, Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go back. Everybody say, go back. And visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord. I love that. And then he says this, and see how they are doing. 
We, we're, that's what the Holy Spirit set me on an assignment today. It's hard to check on the heartbeat of a church that you can't touch. It's hard to see where people at when you can't see them. And so I love being in the presence of all of our brotherhood and fellowship, but I, I'm, I'm here to check in on you. We're here to check in on each other. We're, we're, sometimes you have to go back to what you left to get back what you lost. So some, sometimes, it, well, we're trying to move forward and we're trying to progress and we're trying to accomplish things. We have to always, we have to remember, let, let's go back and shore some things up. Before, let's make sure the marriage, right, while we're ta tackling a pandemic and all kinds of crisis in the world, let's make sure mom and dad are doing good. Let's make sure mom and dad haven't lost their sanity. Like, right? We, we thought teaching our kids was enough. And then on top of that, then now we're not just trying to teach our kids. We're trying to tackle one world crisis after another. And, and we just got to go back and say, hey, are, am I okay? Hey, let's go back and check on the kids. <laughs> did, did they, did, are they still here? Where are, how are we doing? Come on, somebody say, somebody check on me. Yeah, ch check on me. Check on me, Lord. Check, check on my heart. Check on my mind. Check on my life. Check, how am I doing? When was the last time somebody asked you that that wasn't waiting for you to just give you a, a basic surface-level answer? Right? They're, they were only asking it. You know what I'm talking about when you ever say, you see someone, hey, how are you doing today? And they're not, they're not asking how you're really doing. They, they really want, for those who you're conversational, you're like, oh, I, I'm doing pretty good. Well, I had a great morning. And, I, and you start to go into your day, and they're like, no, that's not what I was talking about. I just want you to say, give me a good wave and say, oh, yeah, things are good. Great, right? But I, that, the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 that's not what I want to do. I want to check in on you today. I want to check in on your heart. I want to check in on your mind. I want to check in on you. See how you're doing. And let's come back. Let's come back to the bridge. Let's come back who we're called to be. Let's come back. Let's come back to being encouraged. Didn't, didn't, wasn't it nice when you saw somebody else smiling at you today? When you saw a greeter waving and welcoming you? Didn't it feel good with other people standing around you worshiping instead of in the living room in your pajamas? And, and, and you're just like, yeah, I think I'm supposed to stay. What, isn't it great to be back? Because when you, when you come back... To what you left, you'll get back what you lost because that, that's what we learned throughout Scripture, and I've taught on that a lot, and I'm not going to teach on that today. But I encourage you, you, you know, sometimes in our movement of progression, we have to pause and reflect and come back because some, even in our momentum and moving forward, we'll get to a place of success that we'll forget what got us there. And so it's always good to recenter things, refocus, and come back because it's prayer that got us. It, it, it's worship that got us to. It, it, it's the preaching of the word that got us to. It, it, it's not all this other extra stuff that's wonderful and good. It's the basic foundations of who Jesus Christ is in my life that got me to where I am, how blessed I am, how successful I am, how well I was doing. That said, your year's going to be a great year. You're... you're uh, that's what we need to get back to. And Paul has a heart for people. He's like, let's go back. And he's, he's, doing, he's kicking butt, man. Him and Barnabas, they're going back, and at, they, they had just gone on a journey, and they were like, I mean, 
you know, to a hammer, right? Everything's a nail, and they are just like going to task, and they are kicking. They're going through, and they're winning people to Jesus, and they're they're settling debates. They just settle a huge discussion on, on circumcision, and should they or shouldn't they? Does it mean if you don't, you're not going to be saved? And they went, they settled it here, and they went back to the synagogue and settled it there, and they're doing all kinds of great work and changing the world. And he says, "Okay, we, we've done a lot of good work. See, I want to talk to some leaders." in here, some leaders who know how to move forward. So where are my movers at? Where you just like to get things done? Where are my people who have your task list? And I'm like, I'm check, 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 check. Go, go, go. Come on, man. You, you're like one task to the next, right? And, and we can be that. I, I'm that way. But sometimes I have to go back and I have to say, hey, I need to go back and check on, hey, how's my staff doing? How, how's, my, how's my marriage doing? Am I doing? Am I, when was the last time you asked yourself that? Are you doing your part? Not check on her to make sure she's doing her part. When did I, come, when did I go back and say, when, in regards to the depths of my marriage and, and the place and the position in which I hold in this marriage, am I doing my part? Because I need to check on that. We don't check on some of the practical things. We think that they're established, and then we move on. But that's not how God works. I want you to write three things down. Number one, God always establishes first. That's what we like to do. Everybody likes to establish a good work, but nobody wants to do the second thing, which is equip a good work. You have to go back and equip it. You have to give it the tools. You have to give it the teeth. You have to give it the, the manpower. You have to give it the, 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 the time. You have to give it the resources. You have to, when was the last time you invested in those topics that I just mentioned? Right? Not, not a date night. No, when was the last time you said, I'm going to pay for a $300 course on to better my marriage? on a better my kids, on parenting, right? I'm going to be a parent here in a little while. I kind of want to be a good one, hopefully. But when was the last time I bought a book? Just a simple book. Like, when did I buy? Why, what, why not buy a book and say, Landon, you might want to read a little. Like, sharpen ourselves. It's because it's the simple things that we always want to, we, we want to be, we just want to be the husband, right? When I put on the ring, I want to be the father when the baby comes. I want to be the leader when I have the title. I want to, I'm just going to wait for it, but I need to equip it. And then what does he do? He empowers it. It's the third stage. So first stage is established. Second stage is equipped. Third stage is empowered. So now that you're equipped, now you're going to empower. So now Christ is going to empower you, like he did Paul and Barnabas, to do something. Now I've got the tools. I didn't know what to do. Let me just give everybody a, a sigh of relief. You cannot do what you do not know. So quit beating yourself up. There are parenting things that I have no idea I'm not going to beat myself up and try to be a perfect parent before the, even before the baby, right? It's, it's the logic of just, let's go back. Let's make sure that we're shoring some things up. Let's, let's be a healthy, strong leader and then empower ourselves because you can't give what you don't have either. So I, I, need to be able to, I need to be able to give love. Well, I got to receive a lot of love then. So Paul says, let's go back. And they're doing an incredible job. Paul and Barnabas, tag team duo. You ever had a best friend? Nobody? Great. <laughs> a bunch of friendless weirdos in here. Okay. Has anybody had, you have a best friend? Anybody? Okay. All right. There we go. So we all have best friends, right? You ever gotten in an argument with your best friend? It's about to happen. 
So th- this is what happens. They're about to argue. But, you know, I've, I've watched friendships that get tested become stronger because they were meant to be. See, any relationship untested isn't worth its salt. Every relationship must be tested. So when a test comes, don't look at it as something that will destroy you. Look at it as something that will refine you. So they, they, they get a test, and the test is this. Now Barnabas was determined to take with him John called Mark. Everybody say Mark. Mark. But the apostle Paul insisted. So one's determined and one insisted. So now you got a rock in a hard place. That they should not take with them the one who had departed from them and Pamphylia and had not gone with them to do the work. Let me talk to all of my workers out there that you watch the other guy not working, right? And you're like, I have absolutely no respect for you. You, you don't even have to. Paul is frustrated. He's a little upset. because, And it spoke it right off. He wore his feelings on his chest. He's like, that dude didn't even help us work when we needed his help. I'm not bringing that joker. Leave him. I need two volunteers. Two girls. You want to come up here? Yeah, come on up here. All right, good. Allie, right here. What are you thinking about call someone else up? Get right here. We're not even streaming, so I could be crazy and weird. So... This is, uh, we've, got, uh, uh, we've got two people, back up a little bit, six feet, remember? Back up, back up. Okay. Personal space. No, I'm just kidding. Y'all know we're not, we're not a hearing, we're, our choir was like all crushed up there together on that stage. Nobody cares. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I take that back. People do care. We care. Lord help me. Paul and Barnabas, Okay. Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas, and, and Paul and Barnabas now have a John. Come on up here. Who's now Mark? Yep. Yes. Yes. Give it up for Lori. She loves attention. You're right in the middle. This is Mark. And they got confusion with names. You see that throughout scripture. They called him John, who is known as Mark. Anybody have a name that everybody gets mixed up, confused? Anybody out there know the pain? Come on, come on. Landon, I don't know how simple it is for me and difficult it is for every hostess I've ever gone to. Yeah, I'd like a table for two under Landon. And then they call, Lynn, party of two. Lynn, party of two. I'm like, who the heck is Lynn? Now every time I go, L-A, and last service. Last service, I spelled my name wrong. I'm telling this story. And I was like, I spell it L-A-D-O-N. And I'm like, doesn't matter. <laughs> it was really funny. Internally, because I could see a couple people giggling to themselves, but had reverence for the minister who didn't publicly laugh at him like y'all did. But I got it totally wrong. It was really funny. Um, but he, you know, we, you got Mark. So they're trying to define the apostle Mark, right? Okay. So there, this is the, the Mark who wrote the gospel. Okay. These are all Barnabas and Paul and Mark. These are incredible men of God who changed the world. So at no point, I want you at no point. Do you ever look at either one of these as lesser or evil or not good? Because it's easy in conflict to demonize each other. So they, they get in an argument about how you need to pick this side or you need, no, pick my side. And we, we, the world wants us to do this. Pick one side or the other. And that is literally what we're in right now. 
We're, 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 we're pushed and pressed on all sides, and the, and, and the enemy wants to tell you it's one or the other. No, no, you can't love him and love them. No, you can't say that and say that. No, you can't. You can't. No, 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 no. And I'll bring it up. Well, a lot of our world is in conflict right now. One of the greatest conflicts that we face right now is, is huge. And I'll bring it up. It's Ford or Chevy. What did y'all think I was going to say, huh? No, then your Jeep people are like, where's the Jeep, bro? Where's the Toyota? And then the Subaru people are just weird. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't do that. Glenn, Pastor Glenn and Bree, they had a Subaru. He loves Subarus, <clears throat> which explains a lot. I'm just, I need to stop. I need to focus on preaching. Uh, preach, young man. Okay, so these two start to argue. And they start to argue about who's going to pick who. Which side? Which side, which side of the aisle you're going to pick on? Which, 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 which side politically, which side racially, which, which side on this, which, which we want you to pick. But I want you to focus on this because at no point did they ever split parts. They just went different directions. So they, they, have, they have the same purpose, even though there was a problem. There, there was at one, not at one point did the conflict change the cause. See, they were all on the same cause and the same mission. I want you to... To prove it even further, I want you theologians, look with me in the Bible. Look further in, and I want you to look at the part where Paul brings up what Barnabas did. Oh, it's not in the Bible? Because he never brings... Paul, Apostle Paul, who wrote the epistles in a thir one third of the New Testament, never brought up... It, but we would... How would we do it? If I was Paul, I'd have been like, he took Mark. I told him not to. And, and it turned out bad. For, I just want to let y'all know for wisdom's sake to choose the right piece. So when he picked Mark and I told him he shouldn't pick Mark. I didn't want to bring Mark. But when he said this, I said, and we want to, we want to throw it all back up again. We want to stew in it. We want to talk about it again. We want to just, we want to saturate in our conflict instead of focus on our cause. And Paul never brought it up ever again in scripture. A, a part where he said two people, two of the greatest apostles have to part ways a huge conflict that made note in the book of Acts never was brought up again. But how many times do we bring up our disagreements and our offenses with each other? I don't go to that church because, you know, that pastor's like. And we bring it up. Well, that's why I'm a part of Bridge Church because, you see, that church, they're not growing like we are because they, were, they said this to me and they, come on, what in the world are we saying? We're all, I pray for everybody preaching the name of Jesus in our city, in our state, in our nation. God bless them. God let them flourish and thrive and grow. Who cares? Yes, we had a conflict. Yes, we had a disagreement. Yes, we had a problem. But I'm not going to let the problem define my outcome. My purpose is greater than my problem. My cause is greater than my conflict. And these two decided, you know what? Hey, it's okay. You take John, you take Mark and I'm going to take Silas. Thank you girls. You can go and grab a seat. They give it up for our wonderful ladies up here. And he says, you know what? We're going to go. We're going to keep moving forward. Josh, will you come? I'm going to close here in a little bit. The contention in verse 15, 39 says the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas 
and departed, being commended. Hear this. Right after they argue, they say, okay, you go there, you go there. And, and the, whole, the whole church said, commended them. Why did they commend them? No, it, sh- the ver- it should say commission them, sent them. Why did it say commend them? They just argued. They're, they're being sent. Why did they say commend them? Because there's no scripture, there's no word chosen by accident in scripture. They commended them, and I'll tell you why. Because of how they resolved their conflict. Because they said, look, I'm not going to let this conflict consume me. We are going to simply say, hey, great, you take him, I'll take him. Let's go our directions, and let's accomplish the cause of Christ, reach the world, minister the gospel, and do what Jesus called us to do. And we are not going to let, well, I can't fix the world. I can't solve every issue. I, we're not, I'm going to break the news to somebody. Not everybody is going to like you or agree with you. And some of you laughed and some of you are like, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty nice. No, I don't care how much you smile. Somebody will, ha- I smiled one time and somebody started cussing me out in my face. I, 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 I. I was told to look down in certain crowds. I've been in situations where you just get screamed at. There was a person I was doing an interview with Super Bowl champ, Chris Harris, and it was awesome. Love my friend. And and, and I'm just name dropping with the Super Bowl champ just because I want you to know who my friends are. But Chris, we were on there, and Chris had a guy who popped up, and he said, literally his comment, he said, I'm on here to hate. That's it. Just to hate. We're on a prayer call. See, you're not, not everybody's going to like you, agree with you, be cool with you. When you're a bridge that you're called to be, people are going to walk on you both sides. You're, you're gonna, when you become the bridge that Christ became for us, that we're all called to be, you're going to have one person cursing you out on this side of the cross and the other person saying, God, help me, heal me. Let me be a part of your kingdom. Remember me when you get into your kingdom. And then you're going to have people crucifying you, shouting at you, spitting at you, and your disciples have abandoned you. Those best friends aren't there anymore. And he, you're going to have to still say, I'm still going to stay right where I'm called because my purpose is greater than any problem my face. I forgive you. I forgive you. I love you. Yes. Yes. Let me heal you. Let me remember you. Let me get back and tell you I'm here for you because that's what we're called to be. I'm not here to pick a side, any side. You, you name the topic has nothing to do with your greater purpose in light of eternity. Does it even matter? And the harsh difficult pill to swallow is it probably doesn't no matter how severe it may seem either direction now Paul he leaves he goes out he picks Silas how many you remember Silas right and because he decides see the other side of the coin is we, one side of the coin that we talked about is we don't let the conflict consume us so much that it just we're just enveloped in it the other side of the coin of the conflict, uh, a coin of conflict is this. In fact, that's what I'll title this part one of Back to the Bridge, the coin of conflict. The other side of the coin is, is the pacification side. So one side, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just argue to argue and stay here in the argument because I don't want to leave. The other side is, oh, you know what, Barnabas? Okay, fine. 
let's just go your way. And if they'd have gone their way and just pacified each other, they'd have only reached half the world. And if they'd have gone that way, when they made their journey, we wouldn't have the testimony of Paul and Silas in the prison cell, worshiping so powerfully that the walls came down and the chains came off. And we all celebrate that miracle and that testimony, but it was because Paul said, hey, I'm not gonna let conflict divide me. I've still got an assignment in front of me and I'm gonna keep marching forward and I'm gonna go where God calls me to go and do what God calls me to do because I'm called to, I love how they worship. Could you imagine the worship? Paul and Silas in the prison. I've always tried to picture it. Anybody else try to picture it? Like how did they worship? They were beaten, stripped brutalized. I think the, the, the praise probably started off really small. Lord, help me. My God is good. My God is great. My God is strong. My God is amazing. And I, I believe because the Bible says as praises go up, blessing comes down. So I believe with every voice of praise that they begin to go from a quiet whisper to a loud yell. And all of a sudden the chains came off and the walls came down. And now the prison guard gets saved because someone decided I'm not going to allow someone to divide me. I'm going to keep pursuing the cause in front of me. And I'm going to go where God called me to go. Because he was good at doing, conflict is what he dealt with on a regular basis. See, some of us are so ill-equipped for conflict, it's something we run from instead of go through. I, Paul went through the conflict of circumcision. Paul went through the conflict in his heart and his mind with his Savior standing in front of him on the road to Damascus and deciding, I'd rather submit my flesh and listen to the Savior of mine. There was a conflict that he dealt with internally before he dealt externally. And so he, as he continued down that road, the reward for somebody who's good with going through conflict is more conflict. You're like, I don't know. That's not, most of us are like, no, please, please, no. But conflict can't consume you when Christ is in you. So even though you may be struck down, you're not destroyed, the Bible says. So even though I may get hit, I'm still going to keep moving through because then he overcame that conflict and then he overcame the conflict of Barnabas and then he overcame the conflict of the woman who oppressed him. The woman who was demon possessed right later on in that chapter. She, she was oppressive and the Bible says, and Paul was annoyed. Can I give you permission? I'm going to get some of you are smiling right now. There are people who may annoy you and that happens and it's okay. What Paul did is he turned around and he said, come out of her, demon. Delivered her. That was powerful. But what would happen if Paul would have just gone with Barnabas and Mark and he had Silas and he had, of course, Luke who wrote the book of Acts. So he had all these people. What if he had like nine guys with him? I guarantee you, Paul as a leader would have been in front because this has happened to me. Paul would have been out front and as he's walking through, as issues come up, his team handles them. And he doesn't handle it at all. 
So now the woman who would have been delivered from demon possession and then be thrown into prison to hear the great miracle of how the walls come down and the, and the guy gets saved, we don't get any of that if Paul would have succumbed to just pleasing Barnabas or if Barnabas would have just succumbed to pleasing Paul. Sometimes we're not going to agree, but it's going to be, we're not going to remain in the conflict. We're going to push through the conflict and we're going to pursue the cause because my purpose is greater than any problem that we face and we are going to see the greatest miracles of God come from some of the enemy's greatest levels of resistance. I want to pray with you. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? God is faithful. God is good. Lord, I thank you right now that there are people in here, God, who are just taxed. We are worn out. We are confused we are bewildered by what is in front of us, by what's happened to us and through us. The conflict almost consumed us. It's, God, it's gotten in our mind and in our hearts. It's tried to take us in a different direction. But God, just like you steered Paul and said, no, not there. No, not here. Go here to Macedonia. I pray, God, you would steer us through the conflict, God, to gear us, God, for what you called us to. And I thank you, God, Lord, that you're clearing somebody's heart and mind right now. The enemy has tried to pollute us. The enemy has tried to confuse us. The enemy has tried to pour conflict on us to consume us. But God, the cause of Christ that was within us is greater than he who is against me and I thank you God Lord that greater greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and I pray right now for anybody under the sound of my voice if you need a time of refreshing you need God to clear your mind you need God to clear your heart you need God to say okay God I need to get focused I need to come back to the bridge and be what you called me to be I need to circle the wagons I need to strengthen my walls I need to make sure I'm doing good I need to check in and do some inventory time and make sure that my conflict hasn't destroyed me and repurposed me but my purpose and my call is still at the forefront of who I am. And if that's you and you need a refreshing of Jesus Christ in your life, I want your hand to shoot right up right now all over this house. Thank you, Jesus, God, for almost every single hand raised right now. I pray, come on, I want you to pray with me. Say, Jesus, refresh me. Jesus, fill me. Jesus, cleanse my mind. Jesus, purify my heart. Jesus, give me a steadfast spirit. God, I pray that the cause would always be greater than my conflict, and it wouldn't consume me, but God, the all-consuming fire of the Holy Spirit would be the only thing that drives me and leads me. And Lord, I thank you that every hand that's raised and heart that's open be filled in the name of Jesus, refreshed by the Holy Spirit, strengthened in the name of Jesus, that when you leave this threshold of this church, you will go into your car, into your house, and into your job stronger, happier, peaceful, more full of joy than you've been all last 13 weeks. And Lord, I thank you that one moment with you can fix a, a, a week, a month's God of depletion. And I thank you, God, Lord, that you're filling us. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if there's anybody in here who wants to dedicate your life to Jesus and surrender your heart to Jesus, if that's you, no one's looking around. It's just you. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now if you want to give your heart to Jesus today. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. I thank you for raising your hand and opening your heart. But more than me, Jesus sees you.
And as you raise your hand and open your heart, God's going to fill you up. So I want everybody to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord, as my Savior, as my Heavenly Father. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Make me brand new. I'm forever yours. And I am saved. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Let's give God some praise. Come on, some real praise. Let's get excited. Stand with me as we get ready to dismiss. What a refreshing Sunday. I want you to keep coming back. RSVPs go out at one. Make sure you RSVP because it's Father's Day, so it, they, they're going to fill up quick. But also, we need you to hold true uh, to, to RSVPing. You RSVP, show up for us so that we just we can plan accordingly. It's difficult to plan when we don't know. Um, and so we want to structure it well. And then also, because it's Father's Day, we're, we're thinking we might have to add a third service. So that's why we need everybody to do it promptly uh, and stick with that. Uh, because we're, we're going to have an incredible... I've got a, such a special message from heaven for Father's Day. And so I want you to be here with our series, Back to the Bridge. If you didn't get your t-shirt, we got free t-shirts in the lobby. If they ran out of t-shirts, we're going to order more t-shirts and we'll have them next week for you. But man, is it good to see you. Can we give God some praise? All right. Welcome back to the bridge. It's exciting. Let's declare this uh, bridge builder declaration together. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen, Bridge Church. We love you and we'll see you next week. We are so glad you joined us today. If this message spoke to you and you decided to make a spiritual decision, we would love to connect with you. You can do that by sending us an email to info at wearebridge.church and let us know that you took that step today. Also, if you are new to our Bridge Church online family, we have a very special gift that we would love to send you. You can also email us at info at wearebridge.church and share some information so we can send that gift to you. Again, we're so glad you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. So stay connected, because remember, we're better together. Bye, Bridge fam. Shake the mountains, break the walls apart. Open the heavens, yes. Almighty God, you are.